0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard, finally, alongside none other. Then John Tesh. John, how you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm great. I've, I've I've missed doing this. Uh, we've missed having you. So,
0: uh, real in a second, we're going to talk about where you've been. But but first, I want to tell you that our guest today, we're very excited to have him. Rob,
1: how did you get this guy? I he's know. Like, yeah, he's like the, the most in demand speaker ever. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki. He wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad, which if, I read. and yeah, I loved
0: it. It is uh, it, basically it, it turns on its on your head everything that you thought you should know about finance. He's got a new book called "Who Stole My Pension," uh, that he's he's co-written with a guy whose main job is uh, is whistleblowing against Wall Street. So uh, this Robert says some controversial things in this, but he he has a very different view on finance than what we are traditionally taught in school, what we are traditionally taught by our parents. Um, so uh, here's real fast. Here's a clip of of Robert talking about uh, an alternative view. For, and how he flips uh, the the idea of what we should be doing with our finances on its head and how he, uh, his healthy relationship, healthy, it's important, healthy relationship with debt and why he does it.
2: We just want people to become aware. I think if you read Ted's side of it, it'll make your blood boil.
0: Right. Because, I mean, my blood's already boiling just talking about it.
2: Yeah, as the guy who was inside there and he made $74 million last year blowing the whistle on Wall Street, you'll go, you know, that question from Capital One, what's in my wallet? Mm-hmm. You're say, so, oh, what's in my pension? Mm-hmm. You know, is it going to explode? And that's yeah. really the question. And then you go, well, now what can I do? Because you can do something. But what you do is dependent upon who you are. And the good news is, even if you have nothing, even if you're a 10-year-old kid, you can do something. But you've got to listen to that. You've got to stop listening to the advice that Wall Street puts out, which is, save money and invest for the long term in a well-defined portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs, and get out of debt. You see, I do everything the opposite. I'm deeply in debt because as interest rates came down,
1: they were giving money away. And you know, um, the rich dad, poor dad, was one of those differentiating books that changed. Yes. I mean, that thing is still on the bestseller it list.
0: It is. It is. And this book, uh, this interview made my blood boil. And and, and again, I want I want to preface all of this by saying, Robert is uh, is an eclectic individual, and all of the opinions that he shares in this interview and in his book are his own. Are not <laughs> they, they are not to be taken as investment Ooh, advice, wow. nor are they the advice or opinions of us. Oh, wow. Right? So I've I just, never heard you do this before. I, know, well, I just want to make sure I do it. He's very funny. I love him. I'm, he agreed to come back on at some point in the future, so uh, I'm, I'm very excited about it. I, I, I enjoy his company, but I do want to put a pin in that and say, he is Robert. We are Intelligence for Your Life. And don't necessarily agree with everything that he says in wow, terms of wow, in terms of. Oh, wow, that's good. Well, so he's been successful. That's for sure. He is, and he has a very again a very different view of of finance than than you are traditionally taught. And it, specifically, like we just talked about, you know, he doesn't. He is not a fan of the idea of you uh, you, you invest in the long term in the stock market. You uh, get a you go to school, get a good job, and then learn, and then and then uh, earn more than you spend and that you don't go into debt, you pay down your debt. He is a big fan of low cost debt because he is so wealthy, he's able to accrue money very cheaply. He talks about that a little bit. It's different for everybody and and it's important to like understand the nuance of what he's talking about, so you you might want to get the book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. speaking of getting the book. So that's Robert Kiyosaki's coming up, but first, you know, you've been gone uh, for a while on the show because of your book Relentless, which is available now. And you have had a very successful press tour. That's where you've been. You've been. You were on the Today Show. You've been all over, all over everything. Uh, and and I want people to know that the book is out. You can get it. I've been talking about it on the show without you here. The Link is in Thank the show notes that. where to get it. But the uh, but yeah, I mean how I know how it's going. But tell everybody how it's going.
1: Well, it, um, I mean we I've done everything from um, from the Today Show in America to the Today Show in Toronto and and uh, everything in between. Uh, including reuniting with Mary Hart, which you can see you can see on our uh, if you go to um, uh, JohnTeshRelentless dot com or even on YouTube and you look up Entertainment Tonight, we took over the show for for a day. Mary interviewed me, and it was very emotional. Um, but it's been it, it, and then we also did a bunch of uh, a bunch of Christian radio, and Christian television, and, and it's still sort of going. But what was really surprising to me was how surprising it was to everybody else, you know, because you and I, you, you we've lived our lives right, 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 right. 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 But but not really talked about it. Certainly uh-huh. not talked about the cancer battle. Right. And um, and you and I both are obviously are very very familiar with our with our histories and and uh, uh, and when and with the detail that's in the book about me being in a in, unless you came to a concert you wouldn't know this being in right. a tent and being homeless and you know and sort of scraping my way out out of there. People people love that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love the story of you and I. Going into a crack den and and saving Uncle Vinny yeah, and Kathy. That was a fun one. And they um and they also love the story of uh, almost losing our house in uh, in Red Rocks and and especially especially if it's a if it's a female driven show uh, with a couple of female hosts, which I just did on the on the home show. They love the story. Of me standing up, Connie. Oh yeah, on a first day.
0: Uh, everybody, everybody <laughs> guffaws at that. Just, oh, how could you? How could you do yeah, this? You know, uh, you know, uh, it worked uh, out. First of all, yeah, so everybody yeah, just, yeah, relaxed. Yeah, just relax. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so the the I want to make sure we. I say this in concert, but I want to make sure that everybody knows. You did not use a ghostwriter on this book. It right. ended up taking longer to right. get the thing out. Right, right. But you typed out, you banged out every word of this book. It's your words. There's no,
1: there's an editor, but it's, it's you. You're the author. There's- the editor just took away words. Right, right. <laughs> and there were plenty to take away. Yeah, it, it's, it's a great process. And You do it every day when you journal. And, and I, I, I just, I so recommend, I mean, you're always promoting journaling. And I see you always journaling, you know, when you're, when you're uh, you know, at, the, at the office. But, um, you know, go, journaling 80,000 words or 240 pages for me was something that I never really anticipated. But it's it's, it's very healthy because you, you you write, you tend to rewrite your history in right, your head. Right, And then when I'm calling up people that that hired me in my first job saying, did this happen this way? No, 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 it happened. And even you, you know, you're like, no, 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 no that didn't happen. That well, way. so there was a big, there was a big reveal that, speaking of, and I mean,
0: we can give this away. For years, you've been telling the, how you wrote the NBA on NBC theme right, song. Right, right. And you have always told it that you went back to your apartment in New York City right. after being on the road, right. having, having recorded it over right. the over the uh, answering machine. But when you did this book, when you were parsing everything, when you were looking at the timeline
1: and everything, you realized that yeah. you actually wrote it in L.A. Yeah, yeah because it debuted in 1990. Right. And I had moved to Los Angeles in 1986. Right. But I had always thought that. So I did call my answering machine, but it was in Los Angeles. Right. Um, but
0: just the mental... The mental switch of that because because you've always visualized the story always told it about your apartment in new right, york right. always said you came back to your apartment you had two messages but it was it was <laughs> it was after you were on et it was a different time in your life which is so which is which is one of the like the weird plums that fell out of this process
1: right for you. right but i think what happened was when i was doing entertainment tonight in uh, you know 86 to 96 in 1990 david michaels the producer who's you know, all over the book mm-hmm. said hey would you come out to france and do one more tour de france with mm-hmm. me and so I did. So while I was in the doing the doing the Tour de France, I was that guy who lived in New York again, right? And my right. And my recording studio right, was in right. Manhattan. So that's that's what Yeah, it's, it's you know it's listen it's in the weeds. But thank you for the for the for the big plug and and you're a big you're a big part of the book. It's a, for it, sure.
0: And it is a very it's a great story about you know I also think that the story is is uh, is ripe right now. It is you know, there's so much stuff about. About uh, intention, manifestation, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's it's super popular in both the secular and the Christian world right now. The idea and the idea of of the the hard work dynamic, you know, from like Tim sure. Ferriss yeah. and yeah, yeah. and that whole the the ten thousand hours concept, like mm-hmm. all of that kind of comes together in this book. So it is a very uh, this is not, this whole episode is not about the book, but it is a very timely time. Pun intended for for this book to come out. I feel like there is an element of the zeitgeist that is that is yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think, I think so
1: too. It only took two and a half years to do it. So, uh, so and you say Kiyosaki, right? Robert? That's how I say. Right, it. Yeah, Kiyosaki. Yeah. So he he's never coming corrected up in just me a, in just a moment. But I want I wanted to uh, to hit you with something, Gib, that I pulled out of our our Intelligence for Life radio uh, files, which is uh, you know we we love spotting trends, and this one came out of Vogue magazines, Vogue magazine, and I, maybe you've seen this because you're. Younger, you know, you're half my age, but 20-somethings apparently are raiding their grandparents' closets. Now, we've seen this with your 8-year-old and 6-year-old daughter, oh, yeah. but these oh, are yeah. 20-year-olds um, because retirement wear is very hot. So they like the wraparound sunglasses, the 20-year-olds do, the kind you'd wear after eye surgery. They like the tinted sun visors yep. and pants with less el- elastic waistbands. Um, and even designers are making slogan t shirts shirts that say "retired" and loving it.
0: Everything old is new again, huh. and 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 there is nothing more exciting for Gen Zers and millennials than irony, and they love to wear the ironic stuff. In fact, I have a ironic. I have a cousin where her whole thing is she she goes after her grandmother's stuff, and she, she is tiny, and her grandmother oh, is, is jazzy, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And her grandmother is a little bit more portly. And uh I'll be darned if if she does not wear like every moo that that no longer fits uh Sharon, Jazzy will wear. She goes through and like and just loves it. The weird the bigger the glasses, the better. And looks ridiculous because she is like, I want I would say she's 95 pounds sopping yeah, yeah, wet. Yeah. yeah so yeah, with the yeah. glasses, she looks like a water bug. You know, yeah, she looks yeah. like a, a walkie, they just these sure. giant bug eyes. Sure. Um and 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 I have so I've seen it firsthand. And it and also like the the ironic mustache. They just everybody and it, people wear the uh, the big New Balance shoes to like, kind of look like right, dad wear. Right, it's, right. it's very it's hip to be square right now. And uh, I see it everywhere. And, and uh, what a great time to go and get free designer clothing. Like oh, there was an episode of Seinfeld about this. Remember when this is the hipster thing? Do you remember when Kramer got into uh, George Costanza's father's
1: uh, yes closet yeah, yeah, and like yeah, got yeah. all of his old yeah, Cabana yeah, wear yeah, yeah. and like was like walking around it? Yeah,
0: this so this is the exact same thing, just twenty years
1: later. Well, we just got back from a five uh, a five uh, city tour in Florida a concert tour, and we and we were in Key West and we were at Jupiter, Florida, and Melbourne. We saw a lot of this stuff. In fact, I you know speaking of grandparents, um, you know I'm 67. I'm sort of right in the middle of the baby boomer thing. But uh, in another ten years, it you know the what is it eighty million baby boomers something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just going to be retirement community. It's yes. going to be like a science fiction movie. Yes, because we saw a lot of that when we were on the road. Oh, absolutely. And 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 it's um, I got to be honest.
0: You know, when you watch like Cocoon, you don't feel like, <laughs> you don't feel jealous of the people in the retirement communities, oh, but when you go man. visit these man. places and you just see, they're just, there's a margarita bar in every corner, yes. everybody's driving around in, yep. in golf, golf carts, carts. Yeah. you know, they're, they're just, they're eating seafood and listening to Jimmy Buffett. Like that sounds amazing. Yeah. I cannot yeah. wait to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and by the way, if you haven't seen Cocoon, that was a great reference <laughs> right there. I haven't seen that in a while. That's a, that's such a great movie. Let's, let's get to your interview. Go okay. ahead and set it up.
0: All right. Uh, f- first of all, before we even get to this, uh, you should check out, out. Both John and I have been posting a little bit more frequently and a little bit more personally on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So check out John's Instagram at John Tesh underscore ifyl, and I am at Gib Gerard. You can see the workouts that we do. John posts from the gym uh, for the first also, time ever. But, but also <laughs> like, but also the stuff that goes on to make the show. So go ahead and check that out. Now here, without further ado, uh, is Robert Kiyosaki. He's going to talk about a lot of stuff about investment, but but mostly about the danger that all of our pensions are in, and uh, and and has some some actually pretty prophetic predictions because the, the, the stock market has dropped uh, since this interview, and he predicted the, the drops that have happened oh, in the last yeah, few weeks. Yeah. So uh, so check that. Here you go. Without further ado, Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki, world-famous author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which, by the way, has changed everything about the way that we think about money uh, over here at Intelligence for Your Life. And, so I, I, and I know that there are billions of people around the world who have read your stuff. So we just thank you for making time for us today, first of all.
2: No, I appreciate it. It's a very, to me, it's an important subject. You know, I mean, yeah. What can you do if you don't have money at Safeway? Nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. You can't eat. So, your newest book you co wrote uh, co wrote with Edward Seidel, Uh who's, right. Who's, no, right. Who who yeah. stole my pension? Right. And you talk about a looming pension crisis. So, I think first and foremost, let's start with what is this looming pension crisis?
2: Well, it's a continuation of the 2008 crisis and the dot com crisis. And the eighty-seven crisis. <laughs> it's, um, it's a lot of crises. Well, <clears throat> as we all know, our schools teach us very little of anything about money. Mm-hmm. And there's so many, my generation, you know, baby boomers who are counting on their either their four hundred and one k, which is a defined contribution plan, or a defined benefit plan. Defined benefit. The reason there's two authors is Ed Seidel is an SEC attorney. And he always wondered why the SEC didn't step in as Wall Street ripped us off. He
1: hmm.
2: always wondered that. So he stopped being an SEC attorney, became a whistleblower, and it's been very lucrative. <laughs> 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 like Last year, I think he put $74 million in his pocket, more than you and I put in our yeah, pocket. Yeah, wow,
0: considerably
2: but he's blowing the whistle on how Wall Street rips us off. So that's the defined benefit. guys. That's that's my father's generation, the World War II baby I mean they, you know, that generation. You got a paycheck for life as a defined benefit. Mm-hmm. Then for the baby boom generation, which you're not a part of, in 74 they shifted to a defined contribution which is now we call it the 401k in Canada is called a super, uh, no RRSP in Australia is called a superannuation. So there's two authors and there's two messages because Wall Street's sticking their hands in our pocket and just ripping the cash
0: out. How, how is that happening?
2: Well, because there's no financial education in schools. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? It's very yeah. simple, no, the teachers, you know, the, the biggest defined benefit problem are teachers, firefighter, and police officers.
0: Right.
2: In the state of California, CalPERS, they just admitted they're a trillion dollars underwater. Now, you and I know who's going to pay for that. You know, well, the taxpayers of yeah. California. Yeah. So you think California has problems today. The problems are just starting. But this goes across not only the whole United States, but the whole world. So... When you get the book, it's called "Who's Told My Pension." The back cover headline says, "What is America's number one export?" And the answer is toxic assets. Mm. And that's why Warren Buffett says that you know, what's they call? What's he say? Uh, derivatives are financial weapons of mass destruction. Sure. So the question I always ask people is not what's in your wallet, but ¿Qué pasa? What's in your pension?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> is it about to explode, or is there nothing there already? So uh, so that's one two. those two authors. Ted is defined benefit, and I'm defined contribution, the 401k rra guy.
0: So if we're in the situation where these defined benefits are mismanaged, and we are in a situation where where those are going to be underwater, and we are essentially, the taxpayer is going to have to Fix those assets, and we're going to, as you said, export the toxic assets. Uh, are our defined contribution pensions underwater as well? Are we are we just completely messed up, or do we need to be, as an individual, need to be moving over to defined contribution, and then as a society, figuring out what to do about design, defined benefit?
2: Well, I'm not in trouble because I don't have either one. <laughs> <laughs> Good.
0: Well, yeah. Well, we all haven't sold a billion copies of our books, so we don't get to we don't get to have that.
2: I'm not in trouble, but you guys are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a what a but well, that's why. Look, all kidding aside, it's a serious subject. Yeah. And my generation, the boomers, they're in serious trouble because the average boomer, they estimate, has 65K, sixty-five k, sixty-five thousand total, in the defined contribution. Wow. Now the average defined benefit guy, which is a firefighter, police officer, or school teacher, they'll come out making sixty-five k a year for the rest of their lives. Some police officers in Phoenix, where I live, are bonusing out at $1.2 million. So wow. So who stole my pension is about the cash heist. And they did it in 2000, well, prior to 2008 through subprime mortgages, you know, the um, they call them ninja loans, no income, no job loans and mm-hmm. all this. And now they're doing it again. Nothing has ever changed. It's just the heist has gotten bigger. Mm. And this time it's gonna be our pensions, not our houses that get blown out. And this is worldwide. That's why Japan is in such serious trouble. Europe's in trouble. Venezuela's already toast. Greece is toast. Italy's about to go down. But it all goes back to Wall Street. Mm. What, what, the, what is America and the Fed and the Treasury doing? And as you know, what happened in 2008, Instead of prosecuting the bankers like Jamie Dimon and all that, they gave them bonuses. Now, it, you know, I just say to people, wake up and smell the coffee. So, who's told my pension by Ted and I? It's really about so you can wake up and smell the coffee and hopefully wake up and take evasive action as soon as possible. Because there's things you can do. But if you're hoping the government's going to save you, then <laughs> I will pray for you tonight. Because <laughs> You know, I don't know if Trump can save you, but I don't know about the other cast of characters. You know, the Democrats are fronting. I don't get too confident when I look at Republican or Democrat.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, like you said, financial literacy is a big problem in our country. And so we don't necessarily vote well when it comes to voting for financial literacy because we don't, as the the general population, just doesn't understand the situation. We just trust that our regulators have our best interests in mind. And as you 're pointing out, they often don 't they often are the same people that are looking to leave the regulation area and move into the private sector and have big bonuses waiting for them when they do so that back and forth and that hot swapping of these complex like you said derivatives um you know these these financial instruments that are that kind of require a math degree to begin to understand uh, how it 's the same issue that Boeing ran into. How can you regulate something that has gotten so complex? that you must work in this system in order to be able to regulate it and therefore are already corrupt by the system itself.
2: Well, let me ask you this. Why does some of the SEC attorneys, unlike Ted, go and work for the enemy?
0: Because there's more money. Correct. And yeah. why
2: does why, why does someone become lobbyists?
0: Because there's more money.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm just, you know, you and I know the answers already. I hate to tell you that, but we all know it. We kind of hope. We kind of hope that whoever's elected president next will save us. But mm-hmm. I, have, you know, if you believe in that, I have an Easter bunny for you next <laughs> next Easter. <laughs>
0: it's I, you're. I mean, you're right. It's we 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 think that the next person is going to be the one that undermines the system that is that is so corrupt. But but um, and I'm I I mean I I can't help but get like a feeling to put on my stomach. How do we? how do we start to unpack this like obviously by the book who stole my pension has some great tools for this but but give us one thing that we can start doing today that'll that'll help us unpack uh the this quagmire that we're in for uh, as, for us to be able to navigate it as individuals
2: yeah if you read Ted, you know again two authors because there are two types of pension defined benefit defined mm-hmm. contribution that baby boomers are a host but so are the baby boomers who are government employees like teachers firefighters and police officers mm-hmm. The trouble with the defined benefit is we're hosed, too, because the taxpayers are going to pay for that bailout. Mm -hmm. So the teacher, firefighter, and police officers, they're fine. But you and me, you know, you younger guys, (laughs) like I said, I'll let a candle you you tonight. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
0: Uh, I'm going to go home and cry tonight after this.
2: At least you're young enough; you can laugh. You know, if you're my age, you're you're on suicide watch tonight. Fair. I mean, there's a lot of guys my age in trouble. I mean, and they ain't talking about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, they're hoping
2: Trump's going to win, or Hillary. You know, there's a new call that Hillary's going to step in miraculously and save us all. I said, "Holy mackerel!" It, yes, yeah.
1: desperate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: I mean, but again, like you said, I just, I think this idea that anything is going to come out, anything is going to come from the wings and save us is, is uh, it, it's the equivalent of believing in the Eastern Bunny. I mean, we just can't, we, we, we can't, we can't rely on somebody else to, to fix oh. this problem for us as individuals. But um, so like, so you, like you said, you're, you're part of the uh, defined contribution sector. Should I be liquidating my 401k and putting it into something else at this point?
2: No, I really don't. My, I'm not an advisor, and neither is uh, Ted. You know, he's mm-hmm. an attorney, and I'm the other side of it. We just want people to become aware. I think if you read Ted's side of it, it'll make your blood boil.
0: Right. Because, I mean, my blood's already boiling just talking about it.
2: Yeah, as the guy who was inside there, and he made $74 million last year, blowing the whistle on Wall Street, you'll go, you know, that question from Capital One, what's in my wallet? Mm-hmm. you so, oh, what's in my pension? You know, isn't <laughs> it? To explode and that's yeah. really the question and then you go well now what can I do because you can do something but what you do is dependent upon who you are and the good news is even if you have nothing even if you're a 10 year old kid you can do something but you've got to listen to that you've got to stop listening to the advice that Wall Street puts out which is save money and invest a long-term in a well-defined portfolio stocks bonds mutual funds and ETFs and get out of debt you see I do everything the opposite I'm deeply in debt because as interest rates came down, they were giving money away. Mm -hmm. So I got really rich after the 2008 crash because I like to borrow money, but I know how to take that money and make more money with it. The average guy should not do what I do. Right. But... But what I'm saying is that when you read all this stuff, you'll see both sides of the coin. All coins have three sides, heads, tails, and the edge. And the purpose of who's told my pension is to get you to stand on the edge and go now. Where am I on this whole thing? What can mm. I do? Mm. But if you're telling your kid to go to school, pay taxes, save money, get out of debt, and invest in in Wall Street, you're part of the problem.
0: So, I mean, that just that that is the like you you've already said it. That is the prevailing wisdom that yes. that people are are putting down. I mean, obviously, like that's. That's the mindset shift that is a big part of rich dad poor dad is is undermining what traditional wisdom has said and how that keeps people, certain people poor. Um, but how do we I just I give me something so that I'm not hopeless right now because I'm feeling very hopeless about how I'm going to navigate this like so how, how, let, let's 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 take a hypothetical person and I know you can't give actual financial advice this is that is a that is a sticky wicket and we're not that you're not a licensed financial advisor and you're not talking to an individual but if we have like a fifty five year old non public employee so they work in the private sector uh they have uh they have a pension that is supposed to be waiting for them um from their company as well as Well, let's just say they have a pension that's supposed to be waiting for them. What what about Social Security? (laughs) Right. Well, but we know that that's a balloon that's going to pop, right? We know, especially because we have boomers living longer than we ever anticipated, and then you guys had fewer kids than your your parents did. So as a result of that, we have this population glut that is retiring longer and a workforce that doesn't feed the monkey as long. So uh, a a smaller workforce feeding that monkey so that we're in kind of a, a big there's a problem there. Um, and I think a lot of people have sort of realized in the last 10 years that that social security is a promise that we may or may not be able to, uh, live with. So, um, I'm sort of, I'm assuming that social security will at the very least look very different by the time I start to collect it. Um, but, but, what about corporate pensions,
2: well, let me just say this much. You're a smart young man. What makes people stupid is you actually believe Wall Street cares about you and the Treasury cares about you and the Fed cares about you. Mm-hmm. That's why to keep telling saying to Your kids save money when for the first time in history, they're printing in you know, a quantitative easy st- stands for counterfeit money uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and zero interest rate policy. Zerp, okay. That means you put money in the bank and they charge you money to keep it there. Da-da, da-da, da right. wake up. Right. And so your generation, because you can't get free money like I can get, and Trump is my friend, I hate to admit that, but he's my good friend. We get free money. The rich get free money. Mm-hmm. Well, zero interest rates. Right. It's always been my issue since writing Rich Dad, Poor Dad in 1997. Is what the rich teach their kids about money. That the poor middle class do not my poor my rich dad never said go to school get a job work hard save money pay your taxes get out of debt and invest for the long term in the stock market he says wake up and that's the difference between rich dad and my poor dad was a PhD you know PhD always stands for poor helpless and desperate mm-hmm. and they teach kids they teach our kids mm-hmm. so I'll take, I'll take one big idea okay I mean it's not that hard to do let's say I'm a boomer, and I got 250K in the bank, and you know that's not going to last very long. Right. Especially if I keep printing money, which makes your money less valuable. Right. Well, I have a friend who, who he added on four bedrooms to his house. He, he put a kitchen and a, and a, a bathroom, and a, I mean a, a kitchen, toilet, and bath into his little bedrooms. Now he rents them out. So he's a landlord in Seattle making a fortune because they can't get rent. You know, they, so people commute into Seattle mm-hmm. In his, his, his four bedroom house is now, he got 9 million people living in it. I don't know how he, I wouldn't do it. Right. He's quite happy because he's got income from his existing property. So he doesn't, he doesn't, he didn't, he didn't, you know, take out one of those uh, retirement loans or something. He just added he just added on to his house and he made bedrooms, up, I mean, full little apartments out of them and he rents them to business guys commuting into Seattle and they pay him rent every single month. So he's happy as Larry. But the, so there's things you can do, but it depends upon your personal situation. Right. Right. We all have a brain, you know, and we're, Einstein, my favorite saying by Einstein was imagination is more important than knowledge. Or as my poor rich dad used to say to me, use your bloody head. (laughs) (laughs) Don't just put your hat on it. Just with it, you know? So we all can do something, except if you listen to that garbage that Wall Street puts out. You know it's coming down. You all know it's going to crash. All markets crash. That's not news. Where the high S&P has never been higher, S&P is going to wipe you guys out. You know why? Because so many guys your age are taking uh, stock options, they are taking getting payment in stock versus cash. I know it. You know it. I mean, mm-hmm. well, you know, every guy working in Silicon Valley, they might be making let's say four hundred k a year, but they got six million in stocks. Right. And that's the game now. So it's being set up. I mean, I can smell it. You can see it. I can see it. You can see it.
0: Yeah, it's just it's terrifying because you have all of these. So, but even even like the the real estate you're talking about, so you have all these paper paper millionaires who have uh, either uh, unmatured or or slowly maturing options that are booing up the real estate markets in these in these tech boom cities, places like Silicon Beach in Los Angeles, places like <laughs> Silicon Valley in 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 San Francisco, even Seattle. To uh, to your friend's point, right? That's pushing up that real estate price. And when the paper millionaires start to, as you say, as the S and P, if the S and P bubble bursts, all of a sudden those those paper millionaires are now paper thousandaires. They can no longer afford the leverage on on the property that they're that they're investing in. What are we? Uh, that's going to cause a, a, a second real estate crisis? No.
2: Amen. No, no, you're on it. But the difference is, it's like I said, 2008. You know, when Lehman went down. Right. You- You can see me on CNN. I was calling Lehman six months out. And I said, Lehman's coming down. And Wolf Blitzer says, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, well, we'll see. In September 2008, Lehman went down and the next depression began. Mm -hmm. They didn't fix the problem. They just just printed more money. So today, what's happened is that the CEOs of the major Fortune 500, guys like General Electric, they started using corporate credit, or it's like, you know, corporate credit is like a subprime mortgage for a poor guy. So the corporate guys are, you know, we all know this. They, they just borrowed the money out of GE, and they bought their stock back up, which sent GE's stock price through the roof, and then they parachuted out with the capital gains tax, not ordinary income tax. So our CEOs are screwing everybody, too. So today we have General Motors, General Electric, uh, AT&T, Ford, General Motors, They're all sub, they're just pre-junk right now. They were triple A when I was a kid, when I was about your age. PM was triple A. Now they're pre-junk, triple B. So when that market comes down, que pasa? It's just going to be worse than the last time. Mm. So that's why I'm saying, look, that's what I write about. But we're all smart enough to do something. Stand on the edge of the coin, look at the left, look right, and go, now what do I do? Like my friend in Seattle, he said, well, this is really good. You know, everybody needs a place to live. Prices are high. So he has no debt on his place and he rents out like three or four units. He's mm-hmm. happy. And I wouldn't want to do it, but he's happy.
0: Right. Right. Until 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 the tech bubble bursts in Seattle and then and all of a sudden the, the demand goes down. But that's, that's you know, that is what but it there, is.
2: There's, there's one thing. There's, there's fundamentals, you know. Tomorrow people will still be eating artichokes and
0: right. cereal. And right, beef.
2: right. And fake hamburgers, and tomorrow people are still need a roof over their head. You know, people yeah. still need transportation. They're basic things you can invest in. So I'm just saying that the, when the bubble bursts, and this, I'm afraid, I hate to say this, this is going to be a longer downtime, downtime than the last time, 2008, because it's so big. Our debt is out of control. It's worldwide. It's worldwide. You know, look at Japan. Their debt debt to GDP is 220 percent. Debt to GDP. America's 115 percent debt to GDP. China's 330 percent debt to GDP. And it, what happens at 90 percent debt to GDP? You can't turn back. That's like you 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 own a house. It's worth a million dollars, but you have 200 million. You have two million dollars in debt on it. You, you can't go forward anymore.
0: Right. And that's
2: where we are today. So that's why we were who stole my pension. And the question is, what's in your pension? If you don't have one, it might be a good thing because you can do something else. I don't have a pension. I don't want a pension. I have real estate.
0: That's the one thing they're not making more of.
2: No, it's just that people need a roof over their heads. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just a basic human need. You know, people will need diapers. You 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 produce diapers, you're in business. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a friend who, who sold everything. He's growing avocados in Panama. He says always pan- they'll always eat. They'll always avocado. Another guy's gluing, growing blueberries and chili or something, and they're all just going back to the basics. You know, what do people really need? What What do they need for survival? Almost. I hate to say that, but that's what I see is coming. I'm wow. already. There. I just rent. I just rent out low income rental properties. I'm called slumlord. <laughs> but people need them. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They put a roof over their head. They'll pay for that.
0: Yeah. Well, Robert Kiyosaki, you given us a lot to think about. The book is Who Stole My Pension. If you're anything like me right now, you are going to be running to go buy this book and uh, figure out which side of, uh, to use his metaphor, which side of the coin you're on. Um, there will be a link to where to buy the book in the show notes. Um, before I let you go, how can people follow up with you, Robert?
2: Well, there's, there's richdad.com, uh, but Ted Saddell, if you're a union member and yeah. And, you know, Wall Street has got their hands in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Ted is the guy. He'll come after them for you. That's what he does. He goes after Wall Street. Now, he might not live much longer, but he's (laughs) – no, I'm only kidding. He's a brave dude, man. He's taking on some big, big boys. Yeah. So he is the guy that blows the whistle. So he talks about how he's up in Rhode Island and in in Kentucky – and New Jersey and all these pensions that are broke. You know, I was a pilot and, and my and my friends went to fly for United Airlines. Mm-hmm. I was going to fly for United also. Good thing I didn't because their pension was stolen long ago. Yeah. Of, they, don't, they don't have a pension. And we're not smart. We're not stupid guys. Pilots are pretty smart. But Wall Street just sucked the cash out of their pension.
0: I'd say, yeah, I mean, I, I remember when that happened. And and, and yeah. we're going to have more, more and more of those dominoes are going to fall. So the book... Uh, check out uh, how how do people follow up with with Ted? Uh, is there a,
2: a yeah. book? Ted Sedell? you know, and he has a um, he has a, a company that goes after these guys. Yeah. But he's got he's a wealth of knowledge, and you know, a lot of you know this is all over the world. And you military guys better check it out too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Check it because it's it's important we learn what's in your pension.
0: Yeah. Uh, and one last thing, and I ask it to everybody, Robert. What is one thing people can start doing today? That will make their lives a whole lot better.
2: The biggest investment today, and as today, is silver. Silver is seventy-two percent under under market price right now. So I'm, I've never sold. I, I don't save dollars because I don't have to. Because I'm a debt guy, I can borrow mm-hmm. money and need money. Okay. Yeah. But I've always saved gold and silver. Today, silver at twenty bucks and it's, is seventy-two percent off the all-time high. Everything else is at all-time highs. You know, real estate, gold, right, stock, right. Silver is 72% below right now. It's a bargain. I'm buying I'm buying as much as I get my hands on. Wow. It's, wow. You know, you go, you go to a coin dealer. You've got to be careful with coin dealer also. Just buy, you know, I'll, I want a U.S. Uh, what do you call them? Eagle, gold, silver eagle for 20 bucks. You got it. And that's real. That'll last until the cows come in. Silver and gold have been here since the Earth was formed. It'll be here when we're all gone. Google may not be <laughs> <laughs>
0: fair point, fair point. Well, uh, I, I, appreciate all your time today and, uh, and, and all of your incredible advice. Uh, and I encourage everybody to check it out, but thank you again, Robert.
2: Oh, thanks for the time. I appreciate it.
1: So this is so timely because, you know, we, we have a public television special out right mm-hmm. now that, that, uh, it sort of traces the, you know, uh, my book and, and Gib and Prima both perform on it, um, and at, at the same time is the new uh, Susie Orman book. Right, and that book happens to be all about pension. Yeah. It's even it's even a workbook uh, because there were so many of us baby boomers are panicked about this. Right, and uh, and so this is what what a great time to uh, to write Who Stole My Pension? Right. Well, and and the and the issue is you know where where is the money coming from? Do you uh, do you know what's
0: in your four hundred one k? Do you know where the wh- who's paying your pension because. All of that is very relevant. So check out the book. Uh, who Stole My Pension a link to where to buy in the show notes also a link to where to buy Relentless in the show notes the new John, book from John Tesh who we have also in studio today <laughs> uh, that's it for our show today if you like Intelligence for your Life the podcast please rate, comment and subscribe on iTunes Stitcher, or Spotify wherever you get your podcasts also if you could uh, share this with a friend it would really help us out if they, if they need to hear this maybe there's something about the show today that they, that they need to hear also you can follow up with us online on, on social media John is Facebook.com slash John Tesh that's where we spend most of our time go live, post video all that stuff. Also on Twitter at John Tesh. On Instagram, we've already mentioned at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I am Gib Gerard Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard. At Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. Links to all of that stuff in the show notes. Uh, I try to respond to every DM, every message, every mention of the show. If you have suggestions for guests, it really helps us out. So because I, I do the show for you guys. We couldn't do the show without you guys listening. I like how you're writing that uh, <laughs> for the big for the big horn vamps also if you want to see us live check us out at Tesh Music com uh, we're adding more dates because of the, uh, the public television special songs and stories from the grand piano but most of all guys thank you so much for listening